0: Welcome to the video podcast, Richard Gage, 9-11 Unleashed, where truth and unity matter. Take the deep dive with highly influential voices in and around the 9-11 truth movement.
1: And welcome back, everybody, to Richard Gage 9-11 Unleashed. And I have with me my lovely lady, Gail Gage, who has been uh, an incredible uh, force majeure at here at Richard Gage 9-11 and making behind-the-scenes everything happen at Richard Gage 9-11 Unleashed. Hi, Gail. Wait, who's on mute?
0: Oh, That was your fault because you told me to put myself on mute. Oh, and you
1: did, didn't you?
0: Yes, and I forgot to take it off. I am so sorry.
1: I'm glad you listened so well. (laughs) Don't listen to me. (laughs) Um, We have an incredible (laughs) guest today, don't we?
0: Yes, we do. This is really, really exciting. I mean,
1: I've been waiting all week uh, for this survivor uh, of 9-11 and... A plain witness, an explosion victim? Yeah. I mean, how much more does it how I mean we're we're so lucky to have with us at all yeah. Ricky DeSantis. Yeah. And, and we're gonna introduce him in a moment, but I know you have some announcements first.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, just to let everybody know that um, this coming Thursday we have Fran Sure. She's going to be our podcast guest on yes on Richard Gage 911 Unleashed, and she is a um, she's a psychotherapist and and I believe that what she's going to be talking about is the similarities, the parallels between uh, the current crisis, so to speak. COVID and 9-11. So um, that's going to be super interesting. She's she's definitely somebody that knows what's going on in our brains and how this affects everyone, the different events. And then next Tuesday, so a week from today, we have Susan Lindauer. And Richard, you could tell a little bit about what she
1: is. Susan Lindauer was a CIA asset who was tortured by the CIA because she wouldn't change her story. A uh, Very, very incredible and, and uh, powerful story for all of us to learn uh, yeah. about how our deep state, the lengths to which our deep state will go to shut up uh, those of us who don't espouse the official
0: narrative. Yeah. Yes. And then next Tuesday, we also have part two of our webinar series. which yes, That nine eleven
1: and an architect's guide, a three-part series. And uh, that will be the part two, which is about the Twin Towers explosive destruction. So don't miss that. That's Tuesday. Most Tuesdays at noon, in fact, you'll see one of our webinars. Noon Pacific, of course. That's the center of the world.
0: Yes. And then also a reminder about, um, got my little notes here, um, So we've talked a little bit about Anarchapoco, which is happening in Acapulco, Mexico, the second week of February. Richard is going to be a guest speaker. And there are virtual, it is a virtual event also. So anybody who would like to um, watch Richard's presentation or any of the other guest speakers, there's a ton of great guest speakers. You can go to their website. Do you you know, Richard, what their website is? It's anarchapoco.com uh, 2022, Unstoppable. So if you just put in your browser, Anarchopoco, um, Stoppable, Unstoppable, 2022. <laughs> You're laughing at me. It'll come up. And yeah, it'll, it'll it.
1: help you spell it on the internet. We can't spell it for you yet.
0: Well, I could. I've Let's it a not few times. <laughs> try.
1: We might be wrong. Anyway, okay. it's an incredible uh, array of Freedom-minded folks who have gathered for the sixth year in a row, and they're growing and growing and growing. This event will be a hybrid event, both virtual and physical. We will be there in person. Don't miss it.
0: Yes, and there will be uh, Richard. Also, has they'll they're giving him a code, which is Richard Gage nine eleven 911 Yeah, ten percent discount. Yeah, ten percent discount off That's of cool. all the things you have access to.
1: Yeah. So yes.
0: Yes, that's awesome. And then a reminder too that we are spreading out onto different social media platforms. And I've kind of been listing them every the last couple of podcasts. Um, some of you will probably be familiar with some of them or most of them. Um, so I'll just read off the list really quick. The we have Odyssey, Brighty and Social, BitChute, Minds. That's M I N D S, like your mind. Float, Rumble, Rockfin, Parlor, and Gab TV. So those yeah. are um those are a lot of platforms that we're going to be, and then also, um, Richard, you can help me since I had a little little incident that happened right before this podcast, so my brain's still a little bit scattered. But um, we are uh, going reaching all these platforms through a gentleman named Matthew Raymer, and yeah. what is the name of his
1: content safe so content for those safe content creators. Uh, he yes. will take you to your, your videos and upload them all the mm-hmm. way uh, into the stratosphere and back down onto different uh, platforms. Like Gail just mentioned, uh, yes. great service, uh, great friend.
0: Yes. Great guy, great service. It, it makes a huge difference in the amount of time spent. Yeah. Thanks Gail. Anything else? You're welcome. No, I think that's it. I just want to remind everyone for the questions at the end of this podcast, on the social media platforms, YouTube and Facebook, go to the comments under the video, type in your question. I see it here on my screen. And I kind of go through the questions or and comments and I bring them out so that Richard and the guest, your the guests for tonight can answer the questions. So yeah, and and remember too that I try really hard to get all the questions, but if we miss your question, know that it's all questions are important. And um, we'll Hopefully you can either ask your question on our website or you can also go ahead and in the comments, leave your question there. And I'll try to come back and maybe get you an answer.
1: Perfect. Now, as to our guest, um, uh, which, again, I I just can't even believe we have him with us. Uh, Mm -hmm. You're going to love uh, uh, this gentleman. He's going to take us on a journey. He was injured by explosions on 9-11. And yes, Ricky DeSantis is now going unleashed with me tonight. He's He was there, and he witnessed the plane that hit the South Tower almost right over his head as he was entering the building. In fact, he was inside both towers after the planes hit them. Who does that? This is not a firefighter either. He's a, he's a Wall Street executive. What? Well, uh, why was uh, he about to ent- why did he enter the unhit tower after the north tower was already hit what exactly did he see up there in the sky how did he survive the explosions that blew him back from the face of the world trade center uh, across uh, into liberty street almost and where did they come from these explosions how did he capture his incredible photos that day uh, that he'll be sharing uh, with you on this exclusive podcast. Ricky somehow had the presence of mind uh, to capture uh, these amazing photos after his injuries. Join Ricky DeSantis, my guest, on Richard Gage 9-11 right now as he takes us on this harrowing journey of that faithful day, witnessing some of the most damning testimony against the official story yet. Ricky DeSantis worked for the U.S. Treasury for seven years. He was no stranger to the financial district of Manhattan, New York, and the World Trade Center complex either, spending 10 years there almost every day. He had over 15 years' experience with boards, committees, and executive management as CFO, transitioning CEO, uh, specializing in uh, uh, budgeting and finance and all the things CFOs do, Uh, He's currently dealing with several debilitating health issues related to that day from the toxic fumes and materials from the World Trade Center, as well as his own injuries on 9-11. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a warm, unleashed welcome to Mr. Ricky DeSantis. Ricky, hi.
2: It is an honor, Richard, Gail. Um, I can't thank all of you enough for all that you've done and how you've carried the ball for all of us all these years, I think beginning in 2005, while we were struggling to be alive, struggling to keep businesses going, struggling to deal with the losses and the trauma. And I, I just, it, it humbles me. It humbles me and it brings tears to my eyes and it humbles me and I'm grateful to be here today. Um, along the way, I have 34 screws, 24 rods, 10 plates holding me together. Oh dear! Four months ago, I just had another spinal surgery with 12 more rods, 12 more screws inserted. Believe it or not, because I still look handsome, I must say. <laughs> I'd have to agree with you, Ricky. Oh, what here, are we looking at there? Oh, geez. here's an idea okay is that your body or is that that like, is um, that's just the upper part okay and to give you an idea on these screws okay i don't know if, yeah you see them? them okay yeah. i'm not gonna bother with the bottom that was was just done another 10-hour approximate surgery um yeah, thanks for sparing us the details on this i'm getting the eebie already you're getting the eebie-jeebies. I'm sitting on pillows over here because I still have no butt and haven't started physical therapy yet. Okay, but oh my
1: god, uh, I Ricky, digress. Her, I wanted Dale to say hi to you and give us give a, tell our tell us how our listeners, our viewers can uh, uh, ask questions, and then we'll let her go.
0: Yes, hi Ricky. It's awesome to have you join us. So wonderful. thank you.
1: Gail.
0: You're welcome. And I did. Richard explained already right before you brought Ricky on but I'll I'll remind everyone that when you want to ask a question just type it into the comment section below the video and I will take that question and we'll give it to Ricky to answer for you. Hey. And course. and and remember if I miss your question please forgive me ahead of time it's not intentional and we'll try to get it answered.
1: All right. And we'll catch up with you uh, uh later on after we you'll stay with us through this harrowing journey, right?
0: Oh, yes. I'm not going anywhere.
1: Not that it's it. It couldn't get any more harrowing than we just saw. But let's see. Ricky, um, your body, you're, you're like the uh, bio man.
2: Bio. What do we call it? Oh, yeah. oh the bionic man. Actually, bionic I, man. I, I must say, and I said this on RT today um, before they shut me off from appearing there after my last live interview that was powerful. And, um, you have some of the slides of that. And as I said there, I'll say here, it's by the grace of God. And it is by the grace of God. I am so blessed. And every day I awake and I look in the mirror, I thank almighty God because there are days, as you said, Richard, I don't know how I'm here. There's got to be a purpose. And it's time for me to step up and walk alongside People like you and all the other mentors and heroes that I've seen over these years while I was trying to come out of these surgeries and going into surgeries and seeing you fight the heroes with the courage and going up against the odds from Willie Martinez and the other witnesses and you and the architects and the explosive experts and the Engineers and all these people and Walter Jones, may he be watching over us today and Ed Asner and Rand Paul and Tom Massey and Steve Lynch and I could go on all day and I'm watching your interviews and you know I sit there and I get chills in my spine because I lived it and I hear what these experts say and they're right, they're spot on and we must have a real investigation, an v- investigation that never occurred, an investigation that should have occurred. And as I go through, I my goal today is for you to look through my eyes as it happened on that day, before that day and after that day and thereafter, before I finally collapsed. And I hope we can achieve that tonight with the maps and the pictures and me telling some of my story, because there's certainly not enough time tonight. But we'll we'll begin, and uh, with that, I'll follow your lead. All right, my well, friend.
1: Let's start. Um, what? Where, where, where do we start? You tell me. Uh, where Where
2: you want to start? Well. Being an executive, as I mentioned, I was always involved with finances and the markets and the geopolitical world and politics and things of that nature. So I was always with the beat of the street. And um, you're in that environment, you're constantly moving over 100 miles an hour. You're an alpha male, you're an alpha personality. You're pushing 17, 18 hours a day, you're nonstop. You got commutes, you got long hours. And in regards to geopolitics, let's begin in uh, February 2001. Bush is inaugurated. February, immediately after he's inaugurated, uh, I became very upset because uh, he did not respond to China forcing down one of our high-tech spy planes that were in international water off of mainland China, and they proceeded to gut that plane, take the technology, and it was absolutely huma- humiliating. I was so frustrated. And then we had gotten out of the Mogadishu thing, and then we were dealing with the Serbia, which angered me and reminded me of the movie with Dinero, Wag the Tail. And all this chaos going on, and then we come into the spring of 2001, and the American people are being bombarded with names like al-Qaeda and Osama bin Laden and suicide bombers. And then we create Homeland Security. And we develop a, they, they develop a um, psychological uh, Homeland Security terrorist alert code chart and it was like a traffic light red yellow green and each day it would be announced what level we were at and you lived with that and most people don't realize the psychological effect that had especially on new yorkers because every day you got up 3:34 in the morning and you're getting ready and you're going to make that commute and I'll go into that you're seeing the news And you're being told what that alert is and you're being told about bombings and you're being told about Al-Qaeda and you're headed in and you're being told that New York is a target they would love to get. Suicide bombers in the subway, suicide bombers in the trade center, bombing of the uh, towers. Uh, They may want to hijack planes. So you're living this every day, coming at you. They're displaying it on the New York Times ticker tape. So it's constantly coming at you, sound bites. Okay. And then we move into the summer of 2001. Pardon me. And uh, you've had now basically in the summer of 2001, to the best of my memory, that terrorist code alert never went below yellow. And then it cranked up to red in July. And August, right up to 9-11, it never came down from red, which I don't understand. It's always perplexed me. It's always caused me to wonder because the bomb dogs were taken out of the towers in the very beginning of August. Now, imagine coming in to the World Trade Center's from the PATH train, under the Hudson River, from Hoboken, Jersey, every single day. And I'll oh, get into in so up. Well, you have to realize lower Manhattan, financial district. You had people who lived there in apartments. You had people that had condos, corporate apartments. Then you had people that came in from subways. You had people that came in the on the east side of the Hudson River, all the way down from Poughkeepsie. Matter of fact, Albany, New York, Amtrak, Grand Central Station. Metro North, all the way down. You'd come in from Poughkeepsie, Beacon, um, Spring Valley, Peekskill, uh, Bronx, and you'd come into the Grand Central. You would get into Grand Central and then you'd take a subway. It would be either the one and nine, which would be the local, and I'm not sure if I remember correctly, it might have been the four or the seven, which was the express, but they would converge down into the World Trade Center. Okay, and that would be around the concourse. Once you get into World Trade Center Two, coming in from World Trade Center One, um, up through the escalators, and I'll get to that now. I would come down New Jersey Transit on the west side of the Hudson River, where it would come down on the West Point side, Cornwall, New York, Southbury Mills. Uh, it would come down Haram in New York, Suffern, then go down into Jersey, and it would end in Hoboken, New Jersey, okay, New Jersey Transit, and then you would get off, and you get on the PATH train, and you would take the PATH train under the Hudson River, and it would come up into the World Trade Center one, or There were path trains that would take you, I think it was to 14th Street and a couple of other places, Union City. I'm not sure about those because I didn't go that way. I went to the World Trade Center one. Great. You have a map there. You see the building World Trade Center one? Bingo. And you should have West Street next to that. Because World Trade Center One bordered on West Street, it was by Vesey Street and Fulton Street. So that would be that was referred to as the North Tower. Go up a little higher, yeah. There you go. And if you, that's the American Express complex across the street with the Winter Garden and everything. And then behind that was the Hudson River. And when you came down into Hoboken, you had two options. You had New York Waterway, which were the ferry boats. Okay um Staten Island had its own the Staten Island Ferry and that came in at the bottom of Battery Park but in Hoboken you could take the New York Waterway Ferry and you would be like a tourist and you're coming in and it was nice in the summer you'd see the uh, Statue of Liberty and you'd come in and you would dock and you'd walk through either the well after 9-11 it was the American Express because you couldn't get in down in the other places anymore Or you would take the PATH train, which is what we did. And when you commute, you develop groups, okay? And you stick together and you commute together and things of that nature. And I had a group. I had a buddy, very close buddy. He uh, was a trader on New York Stock Exchange and a female friend and then a colleague and her twin sister, and uh, many others, and of course, someone else, very dear to me. And um, we would um, come into Hoboken, catch the path, take us under the Hudson River, and you would come out on the other side, in the bowels of World Trade Center One, down, down in the basement. If you remember... After the towers collapsed into their own footprint and they hauled all the debris, it looked like a big bathtub. And at the bottom, you'd see the ground. Well, the railroad tracks were down there on the ground. Okay. Um, also, the other ways of tra- uh, commuting was by car. I used to drive oh, my uh, car. Ricky. Ricky, let's just take us to uh,
1: the first morning you want to start with. And let's drive
2: Nine ten, okay. So nine ten. Believe it or not, a lot a lot occurred on nine ten in my life and my friend's life that morning before nine eleven. So nine ten, normal morning, nothing abnormal. Get up early, get on the train, head in, get into Hoboken. Um, maybe around 7 a.m. or so, go down into the PATH train. I'm with my group of people. Get off the PATH train in the basement of World Trade Center, Tower 1. Soon as you get off the PATH train and the doors open like a subway car, same thing, you had an escalator that you would immediately get on and everybody would converge to this escalator. Okay. Very long escalator. Uh, Memory serves me correct. I remember people speaking of it and saying it was about an eighth of a mile long going up, which roughly would be what? uh, um, A little more than 600 feet, something like that. Um, Anyway, I proceed to go on because I'm always alone and the two girls would be together and my friend and the female would be together. So I proceed first. I go to proceed first. And to the left of me are two females dressed in full burqa garb wardrobe and uh, face covering. So of course, being a gentleman, the way I was raised, I yielded and signaled with my left hand, please go before me. And I let them go ahead of me. So they get on the escalator step ahead of me. I go on. They follow me behind me. We get about 15, 20, 25 feet up the most. And the two females are in front of me. I'm on the right side. And the one in front of me on the right just falls back on me. Thanks, falls back on me. And I just reacted, dropped my briefcase, caught her. And now I got her in my arms. I'm carrying her, both arms. And I turned to my buddy behind me. My briefcase is down. I said, get my briefcase. She's fainted. We got to find the Port Authority cops. The female that was with her, I'm uh, consoling her. I'm saying, it's okay. I got her. We're going to get help. She didn't say anything. Anyway, I carry her in my arms all the way up this escalator. I got my buddy. I'm sorry. Trailed by the other female. No, no. She's on. She, she now is the only one on the step ahead of me. See, the other one fell back on me. Got it. They were both ahead of me on the step in front of me. And the one fainted and fell back down on me on my step. Make sense? Yes. Okay. So the other one's still up on there and I'm carrying her friend. We get towards to the top and her eyes open up and I will never, to the day I die, forget those beautiful puppy brown eyes, puppy dog brown eyes, and looks at me as we get to the top and says, we have to get out of here. They're going to blow these buildings up today. I turned around with her in my arms and looked at my buddy. And by the way, I'm going to make this very clear here today. We've had private conversations, Richard. I've had enough loss in my life. I am not going to bring up any names. We're not in a courtroom. I am not going to put anybody's lives in risks, at risk. I've seen too many people, witnesses and experts, die suddenly Accidents happen. I got enough on my mind that I got to carry the nightmares that started up again because of doing this. So there are going to be no names. Okay. With that said, I turned around and said, "It. did you hear that? And then I turned around with her in my arms and her eyes closed. So I said, listen, don't worry. We're going to get you help. So I'm carrying her all through this concourse. Now look on this graph, see where WTC1 is? Okay, and if you follow that, you see where it says available? that space and that space wasn't available then that was a jewelry store it was Biddle and Banks if I remember the correct name I know Biddle and Banks was in the name if it was there I'm pretty sure it was there and then you had banana republics so I can't see that and then you had stores like coach and uh, um, oh god Express banks J crew a lot of stores okay And and you would go by them as you're proceeding through the concourse, going through WTC2 and getting over to where you exit out onto Liberty Street. Okay. So you got to imagine me carrying through the concourse looking for Port Authority cops. Now, remember something there's no bomb dogs. You're You're trailed by her partner now, right? Thank you for bringing that up. She's gone. She's gone. After we start walking for a while, and then I start looking for Port Authority cops, and I can't find any of them anywhere, and there's no more bomb dogs. But yet we're at Red Alert, and they took them out in the beginning of August, and this person says this to me. And my buddy's with me because he's got my briefcase, but he's starting to get a little nervous. Well, not nervous, antsy, because he can't be late to the training floor. And she's with him, but she's got to get on a subway. OK. Anyway, finally, what seemed seemed to be forever. Um, I don't know, maybe five, ten minutes. A Port Authority cop appears. Right. And I'm like, you got to help. me! You got to help me. She's fainted. I need help so he says follow me so we're following him he knocks on a wall and the wall opens up from inside we go in i got her in my arms i see on the right side up on the wall tv screens up on the wall they were security cameras obviously the eyes for things inside the towers Uh, Then there were chairs and there were a bunch of Port Authority cops in there. And then to the left, there was like a stretcher, a table, and they told me to put her down there. So I put her Mm -hmm. down and then I go to sit down and they're like, you got to leave. I was not leaving. Not after what she said. Okay, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. That's my girlfriend. I'm not going anywhere. So you got to be from New York to understand New York. okay? And and you'll find out too when I tell you about my buddy. Okay. Anyway, the cops laugh at me and they're like, nice try. And they physically move me out of there. Okay. So where were we medvac vault? Ricky? Where are you? Con- where are you? Con- you're along these halls here come down the concourse as you're making your way now i don't remember exactly where but if you look along there you'll see like empty space but it was like a wall and it opened from the inside and then i learned later it was what they called a med vac vault. so Uh moving forward from there my friend We're talking about this as we progress out the concourse through the Galleria Mall out onto Liberty Street and continue on down him breaking off to the stock exchange and me headed off to my building and office. And uh, I kept saying it to him. And he says to me. Typical New York. Get the F out of here. Like in disbelief. Okay, so moving on from there. As the day progresses, it's bothering the hell out of me. So I pick up the phone. I call. I look up information. Tell us how you got from the World Trade Center to your work. You come out over by Liberty Street, by Uh WTC4, WTC2. The exit, the doors are over there, right by like the uh, go right there, right there and then you come out, okay, and then you go on down. You can go down Washington Street or Greenwich Street, and then you come all the way down, and then you can either go up Cedar Street, you can go up Trinity, and he would head down to the Exchange, okay? So he could go either one. What is this one up here? I can't see it. That's uh, Liberty. You go down Liberty. You can go down... um, yeah, right, how did you I go down, down is my question. I continued down um Greenwich. Okay. And where? Right to- there, Greenwich. That's Greenwich, okay? Continued down Greenwich, then shot up, got on Trinity, and then at Trinity and Rector headed up into my office, which was the penthouse. It was the top floor, okay? All right. So Broadway, I took the-
1: you.
2: on Broadway. Well, wait a minute. The building is so large it takes up the block. So it the front is Broadway, the back is Trinity. So I had a back <laughs> entrance and a front entrance. Okay, yep. So I came in through the back entrance, and the top floor, the penthouse, has its own elevator, an express elevator. So you have a bank of elevators, and you have local elevators stop at every floor, and then you have the express elevator which just goes to the top. Makes sense. So. Anyway, I then went to the office and then I tried to reach Port Authority that day to follow up on that. OK, and uh, I'm reaching out, I'm getting information, getting a number, I'm reaching out, I'm calling and I'm trying to find out. And I'm, I, I call them, and I say, listen, I'm calling, I'm trying to find out information about an incident this morning uh, in the World Trade Center tower involving uh, a female Dressed in uh, burqa garb, wardrobe black, and a, a, a male that carried her into the uh, Medvax, med and the Port Authority Police were handling the situation. And I'm trying to follow up on this, and uh, they said there's no there's 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 no report, there's no information on that. There's there's nothing about any incident. Um, I'm like. That's impossible. I'm the guy. I was there. That was my girlfriend. I'm trying to find out what's going on. Sir, sorry, there's no information. Maybe it hasn't been processed yet. I was like, yeah, that's possible. That could be possible, right? Paperwork, right? Maybe the next day. So that afternoon, I'm distracted. Because Donald Rumsfeld... Rumsfeld, who passed away recently, by the way, comes out, does a press conference. I think it was, well, it was mainstream media, all of them, I'm pretty sure, and announces $2 trillion is missing from the Pentagon. And he announces this. It was around 1 p.m. in the afternoon, and the markets crash. So now there's more chaos. And then they stabilized, I think, by the end of the day. Okay. It was a long day. It was a long day. I left. We were on the commute home. I had a lot on my mind. I get home. I couldn't get it out of my mind all night. What happened that morning? And what did she mean by that? I never, in the decade plus that I was there, can stand here and tell you, did I ever see women walking around with burqa wardrobes or anything like that? Never. Now, you have to understand, I was in that World Trade Center complex every day, except the weekends, unless I was down there on the weekends, okay? Never. Never. Moving forward. Didn't sleep that night. I get up the next morning. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna find out what happened. Get back, commute again, get down to Hoboken. I'm there with the same people. We get on the path train. We're down in Hoboken, get on the path train and get there about between 7, 7:30 the normal thing, get on the path, head under the river. We come out, get off the path together. And uh, it's not much said, get on the escalator. I had a routine all the time. I would go first because I'm alone. Briefcase in hand, they behind me. We get on and I we get up about 15, 25 feet. And I get a chill through me. And I turned back to him and I said, today's the day so-and-so. And And he's like, he's with so-and-so behind him and the others, and he goes, what the F you talking about? Today, today's the day. Remember what she said? Today's the day, I'm telling you, it's happening today. I can feel it, it is, I'm telling you, it's going down today, I feel it in my bones. And he just makes a smirk and he's like, get the F out of here. Like I was an idiot. I didn't say another word. We get to the top. We do our usual walk. She breaks off. She goes to the subway. The others were late. They missed that train that day. My colleague that you met. Okay. And she has her story that you've met with her about. Anyway, you know, I've held her hand through stage been there watched her go through stage three stage four cancer three times from ground zero and i want to get to that later what we're going through but moving forward it's now my friend and i as usual making our way through the concourse and then we go back out liberty go back down break out but it's tuesday it's 9 11 now every tuesday in the summer and it was there that day in on 9-11. They would have a farm market. And you would have all, go to the yellow part, please. Move up a little by four, right under the number four, right there. Okay. And right, right there. Bam. Thank you. Keep it there, please. You'd have a farm market. Okay. And you'd have tables. And if you'd never been to New York and you'd never been down in the, the, the financial district, You've never seen the best delis in the world. They're like warehouses and you walk in and it's insane. There's every food you could ever imagine fresh from deli to Asian cuisine to Italian to continental to Japanese, negamaki and oh, forget about it as they would say in New York, okay? The pizza, you name it. Unbelievable. Anyway. With that said, you had even an Amish deli down by Battery Park that the Amish were bringing it all in from PA, and boy, were they raking in the bucks. Very proud of them. So anyway, I got off track here. It was Okay, so we walk out, and I'm telling them, I'm saying so-and-so, listen to me, I'm telling you, today, and he walks off and says, get the F out of here, laughing, okay, I continue on to my office, come through the back, get on the express elevator, head up to the office, briefcase in my hand. Do everything I do normally. Get my keys to my office out while I'm on the elevator because I was always so OCD. You know what I mean? Very efficient. Get the keys out on the elevator. Get out of the elevator. Head to the office. Get to the office door. Briefcase. Key in hand. Open door. Go in. Drop briefcase by desk. Get behind the desk. Well, I get to the door, put the key in the door, and the phone's ringing inside. So, I hurry up, open the door, run in, drop the brief in front of the desk, reach over the desk, grab the phone. Good morning, Rick speaking. How may I help you? The next thing I know, someone is screaming at me. Get the F out of here. Who the F are you? Now, you got to realize something. I don't know Tower One. Is hit yet? I was in an elevator, okay, and I'm getting a phone call like this. So I'm like, Excuse me, good morning, this is Rick. How may I help you? I'm saying it. Who the F are you? Who the F are you? A plane just went into Tower One. Who the F are you? It was him. And I said, hey, I'll call you back. I got to go. Because I knew someone was in there. So I shot out my office with my keys, locked the door, shut it, yelled down the hall to my assistant. One of my assistants, he, he came out. I said, you got to come with me. Don't ask me questions. We got to go. Let's go. I'll explain to you on the way. We head out front. I tell him, plane hit Tower One. We got to get down there. Head out to the receptionary. You have a receptionist in these offices in Manhattan. I tell my receptionist, listen, Tower One's been hit by a plane. Communicate it anybody calls here and says they are my family, you do not tell them that I'm in those towers. You do not tell them. That's where we're headed if we don't come back. We got in the express elevator. We head down. We shoot out the back of the building. Now, on this map, can we go down to... You got to go south more to Trinity and Rector, because that's where the newsstand kiosk was, where I would stop in the morning, get a paper, the Wall Street Dur- Journal, um, and gum once in a while. And it was a newsstand. I can't really see that. What That says Trinity. What's that side street there? I that's can't right remember. there. Okay, right there. Okay. Now, you can go. You see those buildings right there? It was like the third one. And I hope we can go down further later on because there's a building next to us further south. No, I'm going to talk about later who was in there. But anyway, um, so right there at the newsstand, I go up to the newsstand. okay, and. The guy's not there. The guy that I would see every single morning on my way through the back of the Express to my office, this guy never missed a day of work in over 10 years, was not there. Now, another guy was here. So right away, I'm like, where's so-and-so? Well, he's not in today. I didn't say anything. I threw him a 20. I said, give me those Kodak disposables. I have my suit tie on and everything, you know, looking all Wall Street, GQ, and um, throw them in my side pockets, okay? And uh, I go, so-and-so. You know, I'm going to use X for my assistant, Z for my friend on the stock exchange, okay? So okay. I go, X, let's go. So now I'm heading down Greenwich. And then I'm going to shoot down to Washington Street to head towards Tower One. So if you look on this map. And you got rector and Trinity, you head down Greenwich and you can sneak down Albany and then you can jump on Washington Street. Okay, And I'll never forget, too, because there was this. Do you remember Seinfeld, the soup guy? Do you ever see that skit? Seinfeld, the soup guy? I didn't actually watch it. it. All right. Well, there was a skit where the soup Nazi, that's what he was, actually, the soup Nazi. Anyway, we had one like that there. The Best soup in the world. So anyway, I'm shooting down Washington Street. And we're headed towards the tower, X and I. And right around Cedar in Washington there's the door handle to what looked like the inside emergency door to the plane that went into Tower One, while at the same time we had brochure pamphlets raining down on us from a city agency in Tower One. And I remember specifically picking that up too and Saying to myself, damn, I didn't know they were in there. It's amazing what goes through your head in these times. That's all I, I can tell you. So we continue on. And if you follow Washington, well, you, you see. Take a picture of this when I get closer. Okay. Now you have this picture, and you'll see I've caught a picture. Of Tower 1 and Tower 2. Tower Two's not hit yet. Can you bring that picture up? There you go. We're headed down. That black building is the Bankers Trust or the Deutsche Bank. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Then you had UBS down by World Trade Center 1. Oh, by the way, I had board of directors staying in World Trade Center 1, the Marriott. Board of directors from all around the country, okay. Anyway, so here you see in this picture the building on the left, if I may, is Tower One. It's been hit now. Tower One was hit from the north side. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, that plank actually both came down the Hudson River, right? Am I correct?
1: I can't verify that.
2: All right. And risk of being wrong, based on my memory back from that time, they flew down the Hudson River, okay? Possibly coming all the way down from Lake Albany down the Hudson River. And then uh, that one came straight into the North Tower coming down. The other one, I think, came down and turned around in the New York Harbor. But anyway, there's Tower 1 on the left. You can see the fire. It was hit from the north side, okay? Okay. Now, do you have another picture of those two buildings where Tower 2 is not hit yet? One where I have it in closer, where you can see the saddle. Or if you look, well, it's blurred. But if you look right in the middle, that. No, go back to that picture. If you go right to the top in the black area, right dead in the middle, there's a, yeah, come to the right. Come to the right. Yeah, go, ooh, go to the middle of the building. Go to the middle of the building at the top. Go to the top. Yeah, wait there. Stop. Stop. There's a round satellite dish. Now, let me see.
1: Uh, you can't see it in this
2: photo, though. No. Well, it got distorted, but I have it here. I don't know how to do this with the camera. Oh, I got to go. This. I always get confused with this. Uh, don't do this much. Let me see if I can see where I'm at here. Now, if you look at this picture, it's very clear in the picture, okay? Very clear. you got a big white, like, round satellite dish in the middle of that building, okay? Just want to point that out. But there you go. I'm closer now. I'm on it. You can see it. It's not hit yet. I'm heading in there, and I'm on my way there, and my assistant is with me. But then the closer I got and looking back now, as I proceeded forward to the building to go in, my assistant didn't stop. He left me or he didn't go further. I don't know. My adrenaline was pumping. I just had to get in there. I don't know. I'll tell you, I found him getting him out of a car after I, out from underneath the car after I got uh, blown back. And then he took off from me again and boom, like ricochet rabbit. But then I found later he had has asthma. But I'll get into that later. because. Well, wait a minute. You had your hand? Right on the door Um, yeah let me get to that so now i continue on and i go right to the doors that i come out every morning or go in going home at night same route reverse forward you know going home you do the same thing in reverse getting down to the path heading over to hoboken okay i get over there i get to the door i get my hand On the door. To open it. The moment I get it on there. I hear. What sounded like a locomotive. In the air. And I'm like. Shit. I knew right then and there. It was another plane. And. Richard I can't tell you. I guess the only thing I can tell you is if you have ever been in an accident and say you're going to like rear end somebody or something or you're going to go off a road or you're going to hit a tree right in that millisecond a million things go through your mind while you lock up on brakes or something between then and when you hit the tree or hit the other car or whatever and it's all racing in your mind Do you ever have have that happen to you Something like that. Okay. Well, that's what's happening in my mind as this is happening. And I know this is another plane coming in. And I know, like, I'm dead. So as I'm turning, it all becomes like slow motion. And I start saying, our Father, who art in heaven, because I'm ready. You know, I'm thinking I'm meeting my maker. Okay? So anyway, I get around, and now I'm watching this. Plane, gray, gray plane, no logos. Now, can you pull that map up? Because there's something very important you have to understand. These streets did not run perpendicular, they ran on angles. In other words, they ran it. Uh, if you looked at uh, Trinity Place, you come on down to Greenwich, you look at Greenwich, if you take a flat plane, 180 degrees, and you run a line straight up, that's 90 degrees perpendicular. Okay, so perpendicular is 90 degrees straight up. If you look at Greenwich, it's like 110 degrees, right? And you look at Washington, you could say it's 125 degrees off that Trinity, which is almost perpendicular. You see what I'm saying? And you see where WTC2 is, right? It's like in between Washington and Rector, correct? I can't hear you, Richard. You're on mute. Your mute button is on.
1: Oh sorry. Between okay. Washington and
2: Greenwich. Okay, let me start again. Do you see Trinity? Go to the right. You see Trinity move over. Go over, but yeah, Trinity. It's more straight. It's like perpendicular. You see it? Yeah. Okay, good. Now you look at Greenwich, you look at Washington, you look at West Street. You see they're not they're not They're not perpendicular. They're not 90 degrees off a plane. They're more like 110, and then you'd have Washington 125 if it's coming off the same point of perpendicular. You see what I mean? And then west. So I'm saying this to you because this plane's coming out of the harbor, and you look at WTC2, and it's pretty much in between Greenwich and West Street. You could even say it's kind of in between Washington and Greenwich, right? But definitely in between West and Greenwich, correct? Correct, So in other words, this plane doesn't get to come in straight right up Trinity out of the harbor. It's got to turn around, come in, and it's got to adjust. And it's not going straight. It's coming in. Do I make sense based on what you're seeing with this map? Keep going. I see this plane doing this. And I see this gray plane. And I see it banking its wings in these wild, insane maneuvers. And if I can with my hands, like I said, I'm not good at this. But say this is – let me see where I am. I got to look at – that's where I get confused. Say my hands are the wings, okay? And the fuselage, let me do this. Okay, try it. Well, no, just imagine that was between my hands, okay? And my hands are the wings, got it? This right. thing is coming, it's going like this and like this and like this, okay? And I'm like, oh my God, oh my God. So this thing, Is going so slow. I thought it would even fall while it's doing this. I just could not believe it. And because of that, where I was positioned. I could see the whole side of the plane. It was gray. There was no logos. The front of the plane as it's coming in. Underneath the plane, I saw it all. And it was like slow motion. And then it goes in. I couldn't move. I was frozen. And I'm just watching this. And I'm like, I don't know i just i felt nothing and it hits and it impacts the facade of tower two above me and simultaneously the ground shook like an earthquake like massive explosions were going off deep down in the basement of the towers you know where the trains came in way down you know you have to go up the escalators as i was telling you you Have to understand those towers, they didn't start at street level. If you look at pictures when all the debris is removed, you see that it's like a big bathtub way, way down. And they drive pylons down more than 200 feet down, getting to the back, the bedrock. Okay, and what I'm saying is, when they got down there, that's where the train tracks were, and that's where. It felt like that rumble underneath. So you're feeling that the explosions above blowing me. So I get up. I'm screaming out for X. X, X, where are you? And the debris is coming down. So I start running across Liberty. Can you make that map bigger? No. no. And bear with me. I got to adjust right now. I hate this. At least I'm not wearing my neck brace. Oh. um okay, right there, Liberty Street. Now do you see go ahead, stay right there, please. Do you see? No. Nope. yeah. okay. I make my way over to Washington Street and I find X under a car. Get him out. Are you all right? Are you all right? Listen. I'm going back in. I'm going back in. She's in there. By the way, I was on the phone on the way there. And she's telling me how over the intercom, security was telling them to stay in their office. Do not leave. And that's when I went nuts. And that's when I said, you get the F out of there. You start heading down. I'm heading in. I'm on my way. So now I find X. Shooking, very, very shooken. And I said, listen, we're going back in. I'm going back in. I turn around. Take off, start heading back. I turn briefly back quick. No X. He's gone. He went the other way like Ricochet Rabbit. <laughs> I never even stopped. I just, my adrenaline was off the charts. I went in. I start my, making my way in, okay? And I'm going in through the concourse and I'm going over by uh, a coach. I remember coach, and I think it was Victoria's Secret. And he had J. Crew. And as I'm trying to get over to World Trade Center One, there's a middle-aged woman, somewhat heavy, and she's on the floor. And she's crying out for help, and she's in shock. And I look down on her, and I'm like, this could be my mother. And I was like, "Ma'am, it's okay. I'm here. I'm here. God put me here. We're getting out of here. I don't want you worrying anymore. I'm getting you out of here. I need you. I need you to help me. I need to get you up. I'm going to get you out of here. Got her up. Got her on my shoulder. I walked her. Good. You see that? I walked her all the way back out. Please follow that, Richard. Back out to Liberty. Come down. Okay, go to the other map, please. That one. Now you go back to, okay. Now, go to the other way. Go to the other way. The building on the corner. No, nope, go, yeah, 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 yeah. There were revolving doors. And I, don't no, go to the left. I think it was the one on the left right there in front of bankers or it was over here on the side. I can't remember. I do remember this. There was a men's warehouse, you know, the suits and everything above us where I walked her in through the revolving doors. Now, do you know how hard it is to walk through revolving doors too broad with somebody that you're basically carrying on your shoulder and you're hurting. I got her inside. I moved her inside, put her down along the hallway in there. And I said, Ma'am, you're safe. You got to promise me you'll stay here. You can't be stupid. You got to stay here. You'll be safe here. Someone will come for you. I got to go back in. Why? Why? Do you think I wasn't going back in? Our phone's not working anymore now. I'm trying to reach you. I'm getting busy signals. After that impact and what felt like an earthquake underneath explosions, the phone stopped working. Mm -hmm. That I remember. And you Mm -hmm. got busy signals when you tried to dial. Okay, so I go back in and now I start making my way back through again and I head on down and I go by coach and I'm going by J. Crew and I'm going by Banana Republic and I get down by Biddle and Banks and you have to understand I am moving, okay? Um My goal is to, and basically I'm doing the route I do every morning coming in, but I'm doing it in reverse. Now, if you look at this building, and I'm pretty sure that's it, where it says available, where on this map, I don't know the date of this map you have or what it's showing, but I see some of them on there. I I recognize, you know, like J. Croup and Anna Republic, Coach and all that. I even shopped in the Coach Uh, They sold the dog collars and coats for my two Jack Russell Terriers um, that kept me sane after 9-11. Where was I? As I proceed down here, if you look at that available right there, you see WTC1 ahead of it, you see? Now, as I get there, and this is what I'm not sure, if it was this one, or it was the other one back here, but it was a Biddle and Banks jewelry store. Very, very high end, very high end jewelry, watches, Rolexes, diamonds, 40,000, stuff like that. I run along the side of it and you have to understand these stores out in the corridors, their walls were all glass. You could see in them. Okay. So as I'm racing by Biddles on that side, my peripheral vision, I'm catching like a lot of people in there and now I got to go around and now I got to go right. And I got to head that way. I'm trying to get to the elevators and tower one and you got to understand I'm an I'm I'm a wreck. I stop. I look inside. And there's things going on inside there with the display cases. And I'll leave it at that. And I'm like Ricochet Rabbit. And boom, I keep going. And I'm like, I'm not getting out of here. I'm not getting out of here. And then I just keep going. Which way? Where are we? Towards the World Trade Center one. And then all of a sudden, I want to point this out first. At no time, every time, I went in, came out, went in, came out, went in, was I ever afraid or even given thought to those buildings coming down. Those buildings didn't make any noise. They didn't sway. Nothing. Never even gave it a thought. Never even entered my mind. But then, when I got over there, all of a sudden, explosions. And when you are inside a contained structure or space, that's the only way I can explain this. And you have the percussion of explosions. Think of your worst thunderstorm you've ever been in. And it's contained. And you're inside it. Then I became afraid. And it was then I'm like, I'm not getting out. I got an obstacle if I turn around and go back that I got to get through. Because that's the only way I can go back. And this shit's going down here. There are bombs in here. And I'm thinking about what the chick said. That I carried up the escalator. So that's in my mind. And I'm like, they're blowing this effing building up. And I'm fucking all the way over here. Sorry, I didn't mean to use that language. I apologize. But you got to understand that's what's going in my head. And I'm like in conflict, like I told you before, these things are racing through your mind. You just can't understand it. I know who can understand it. I know who can understand it. New York's heroes, the firemen, because it's that level of adrenaline. Those guys are... Oh, my God. You talk about heroes. You talk about alpha male. You talk about. I don't want to use the word crazy, but they have no fear. Okay, and we saw that that day. They should have never been ordered back into Tower One after Tower Two came down. Never. We lost 343 because the wrong order was given. And I'll never forget that because I was in those buildings and I heard and saw everything with that building shaking, rumbling from those explosions. And there is no if, and, or but. There were explosions, many of them. And there'll be many more you're going to see, because this isn't it. This is just while I'm in it. Yeah, and this is before the building uh, came down. Didn't want to go there yet. That's right. That's why I just said what I said. So now... I'm really in conflict because I'm in conflict. I can't get on the phone. I can't get there. This place is coming down. It's got bombs all over in it. I gotta turn around. Am I getting through there? You know, at that point, you don't have a choice. So what you do is you just simply like you go like a bat out of hell. And that's what I did. And that was from World Trade Center 1 toward World Trade Center 2. Right on by Biddle Banks. Never even looked. Just kept my head down like I was running through the hole. And continued on out. Get to the streets. And now I'm really freaking out. Because I'm being drawn to go back in. But then uh, I'm on the streets. I forgot something. I forgot something. When I, and I pray to God, this cop hears this interview tonight. Because all these people, that woman, the police officer. After I put that woman down in the building that I got through the revolving doors, I come out and I go to the left. It had to be this building down one. Go down in between Washington and uh, Greenwich. Go down one. Boom. There's a cop, a young cop. He's still got his hat on. He's like all in appropriate uniform. And I'm coming out. My adrenaline is all, I mean, forget about it. I was like Mike Tyson, Rocky Marciano, and Joe Frazier all wrapped up in one, okay? And this young cop, New York City's finest, He's just standing there. And he's looking up at the gaping hole, which we're going to see, right? Mm -hmm. Bring it up, please. There you go i'm not seeing it
1: oh sorry my fault
2: and we have a closer one by the way stay here a minute i want everybody to see if they're looking look at that white plane up above the towers don't forget that yes thank you okay this picture you can see. You've got Tower 1 on the left. You see the fire still going. you got Tower 2 on the right. You see the gaping hole behind Bankers Trust. But there's no fire. The fire is out. Now, Tower 1, I think, was hit at 8.46. It was hit first, Tower 1. Tower 2 was hit second, 9.03 a.m. But Tower 2 came down first. And I think like 9.59. And if you look, that fire is out. And I said that, and the firemen were saying it, and they were communicating, fire's out, Tower 2, fire under control. So you tell me how Tower 2 hit second, You see it with your own eyes. Richard, there's a bigger picture up closer. Okay, before we get get there, Ricky, let me um,
1: suggest that we're having all kinds of comments uh, suggesting that um, there are sound distortions on your side. And we didn't detect this uh, before we went live, but when we went live, uh, there's also an interaction between our sound systems. Can you wear headphones at all?
2: I don't have them. I'm seeing here rich written, Richard, check your phone. Yeah.
1: I, I tried uh, going to a different headset myself, and that didn't Let's ask. Difference.
2: Can we ask them? Can they hear me?
1: <clears throat> they hear
2: you. There's sound distortion on your side. All right. Then I've got to <laughs> be careful. I'm getting excited, so I'll slow down. Perhaps. <laughs> that may well, be part of it.
1: Yeah. Uh, but you're saying there's another photograph that shows the gaping hole. And closer, I, I'm, closer. Before the building's coming down, I don't have that photograph. Is what I'm telling you. I have this one. All right, I have this one.
2: And no, have, no, no. It would be after those. Okay, look here. Um, can you? W- let me see what mine's doing. Do you see the gaping hole?
1: Is it? Is it uh, right side up?
2: No. Oh, wait. No. There you go. Yeah,
1: yeah did you take that picture,
2: way. Ricky? Yes, that's, yep. Yeah.
1: See the gaping hole? Yeah, that's the Bankers Trust building blocking it. That's the one I showed. Yes, all but went. do you
2: see the gaping hole? Of course. Okay. Um, anyway, let's get back to the police officer. I got off here, but you could see that hole. You don't see a fire. I mean, uh, you know, if there was ever a time where you say a picture tells a thousand words, this one tells a million. There is so much in this picture. And I'll just say that I have some very close friends, special ops, and they've seen this and they've seen some others we're going to get to but getting back to the police officer. So now I've gotten this woman to safety. I've got her inside. I come out the building to the left. I see a young police officer, New York city, and he's just staring up at this gaping hole. My adrenaline is insane. I mean, you already know what I've just told you I've been going through. And then I went back in and the explosions, but let's get back to here. So I run up to this police officer And he just keeps staring up. And I'm like, sir, officer, officer, you got to move. You got to move. This is an attack. This is an attack. You got to move. We got to get in there. You got to come with me. We got to get people out of there. Richard, he didn't move. He did not move. He didn't stop looking up at that hole. And there are nights I wake up sweating, reliving that dreaming like what was going through his mind was he like i can't believe it to make a long story short to move on i ended up doing something that was pretty damn risky because you have to understand this man's looking up he's not responding he's a police officer He's got a gun on his hip. (laughs) Yes. Now you get it. I shook him. And I'm like, you got to snap out of it. And then I was like, I just turned around and left. That's when I went back in. Okay. And then that was what I said to you about making my way and then Biddle and Banks and then the explosions and blah, blah, blah. So now I get back out of the building. I'm standing outside this building and I'm contemplating and I'm arguing with myself and I'm in conflict and I'm on Liberty street right there, right there. If this stuff comes down, I'm history but I can't move because I'm like sitting there pondering because I got guilt all in my brain. And I'm like, they're yelling on the streets and everything. 13 more planes coming in 13 more planes coming in. 13. Now think about Yeah. No 13 planes. Yeah. Yeah. That's everything on the street. That's what's being said. 13 planes, 13 planes. So now I've accounted for two. That's 11 more. Now, you know I just watched that plane come in. Gray, to like a dark gray, no logos. Front, side, underneath, it was like it was pregnant, a bulge under it. I watched it come in from the harbor. Well, what do you think was in the pathway of that plane coming in? My building. I'm executive management. I got employees up there. I got elderly. I got those not in very good health. And they're on the top. I don't know where the hell X went. I'm torn. And I'm just like, fuck it. And I start heading back. And I'm cursing all the way. And these are the things that weigh heavy. Because you always look back in hindsight, you know, and you wonder if I did this or if I had done that or I should have done that. You know, like for example, instead of getting checks in the employees' bank accounts for two months and just saying, "Don't even come back," I don't even want to see you. You know, there was something else I should have done. Because the further the way you, the further away you go from the epicenter of an earthquake, the less sensitive you are to the effects of it. And when you only see it shown to you on a one-dimension screen and what goes on there, that content is controlled, you can't feel it because you're not touching it. You're not living it. And over the years, employees ended up homeless. Died. I don't know if you remember a while ago, that girl, the famous one that was on the front page covered in dust. And she ended up dying finally, homeless, on drugs and alcohol. I she know. ended up that way because for 10 years they ignored us. There was no help. Unless you were, you worked for the city, state, federal, a union. You were in the private sector, you were on your own. You didn't have representation. I'm just trying to say people can't feel, and I get it and I understand it. Just like when uh, Fukushima, the nuclear reactor in Japan, I can't feel their despair. I can understand it relating it to mine but I am not there touching it. And that's why it's so important and how much I appreciate you guys putting your necks out there. I know the dangers you're in. Okay. That's the real heroes in this country. Not these reality show characters running around giving campaign speeches that are prepared for them. Okay. We got a guy right now. Well, I'm not going there, but anyway, my point to you is this on that day, I'm struggling and I'm like, Hey, You don't have options. You don't have choices. You have obligations. You accepted this title. Get it done. And with that, I went back to the back of the building, up the express elevator, come down Greenwich. Actually, I came down Washington, shot up Lake Albany. What is that street right there? Albany. Got on Greenwich, came down Greenwich, then jumped up on Trinity, took it down to Rector, got to my building, (sighs) went through the back. Absolute chaos get on the express elevator and let me tell you something with 13 planes in my mind, that was no task getting in that elevator going up 33. But I didn't think about it. I just did it. Got to the top, came out and went to work gathering everybody who's here. Where were they? This, that, like a fire drill. Many had left. Some, when I'm there saying stay, left. Went down the ele- elevators because, like I said, word on the street was 13 planes. So when you're at the top of a building, you're more of a target. Make sense? Yeah. So. Your your voice lowered. You, got, I think you have to raise your volume, Richard.
1: Yeah, I can't raise my volume. And okay. there's distortion when I talk, so I'm not talking much.
2: Okay. With that said, I start coordinating and getting everybody. As a matter of fact, I had a deputy director that I had to peel out of her office she was in shock. She would not get up from her desk. She would not leave. She was not in her brain letting this happen. I couldn't believe it. You don't know the things I had to deal with. I had elderly women. I'm like, okay, we got to get to the elevators. So I go to the shipping room. Now the shipping room is facing World Trade Center 2 and World Trade Center 1, World Trade Center 4, World Trade Center 5, World Trade Center 6. I can see them all. And we can move up to those pictures, please. Thank you. I get into the shipping room. Now, I'll tell you a little secret. 2001, a lot of the skyscrapers, the buildings, the windows opened. Which, under the fire laws and blah, 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 they weren't supposed to. Well, ours did. I could walk right out on the ledges outside. But I won't get into that discussion. I mean, you ever see that movie? I even had access to the roof. It was a penthouse. Anyway. I'm in the shipping room. I got a perfect view. I opened a window. Pull out my cameras and I'm like, I'm getting a picture before we leave. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. And I'm catching it. You
1: see him? Yeah, wow. and I I hear you
2: uh saying I mean you heard. Boom, boom. I boom. Went, the window was open. I'm up there I'm up what how high that's about what that's like four or five hundred feet up
1: well you're on the penthouse right
2: exactly wide open hanging out right out there you can see my picture by the way look to the white puff you see that like looks like a cross you see that girder being blown out see it in the puff Come, come down right there see it look at these puffs look at you got the brownish ones you got the white ones i would like for you to share this because you've had some amazing people on your show look at that can you make it bigger
1: no, no.
2: okay we'll do it another show um let's just say this I don't know if you could see that, can you?
1: Yeah, but I'm not. There we go. You didn't take that one, right?
2: Yes, I did.
1: Why don't we have it then?
2: We'll have other shows. Continuing. There's the Bankers Trust. Look, see the puff? That's the puff of smoke. It's already down below Bankers Trust already. The collapse. I got pictures going down. Anyway.
1: So what, what happened as you were taking this? The building is coming down.
2: Yeah. Let me let, let, let me let me say that. I'm hearing and feeling the percussions. Boom! 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 Okay. And I'm feeling it because I'm hanging out this window. And then you see what appears to be like, boom, 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 like pancaking. But you're hearing like firecrackers, like percussions, like as it's doing it, boom, 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 boom. And you hear them going off as she's going, you know what I'm saying? and it's down. You see? Now do you see the plume already coming to the building? Um, Oh my God, oh my God. I gotta get him out of here. I run back, that deputy director. Wait, you took this one too, right? (laughs) Thank you. There's another one of it going down. Oh, please stay here. Stay here. Please stay here. Now. Oh, where I got that. Stay there, please. Okay. Now I see I'm in the way of that. I'm in the way of that. So my my portrait. Let me see I something. It. Let me see something here. I fixed it. Oh, you did? Okay, good. This one. Okay. Oh, I gotta get used to where my camera is. Wait. Okay.
1: Ricky, we're looking at that picture. Good. So
2: let's we've, see discuss- we've discussed this picture. Can you go with the cursor down to the premature detonation coming out below the explosion lines? Thank you. Right there. Premature detonation. Now, could you please go up and show all these heavy steel girders they're being blown out? Yep, go up into the puffs. See all those girders in there? Now, do you remember the big, big piece that got blown? There it is. Boom. I got it. Remember that big, huge piece blown out like 60 miles an hour. Do you remember?
1: Yep. I've had analysis on that. And there's and this is building seven, by the way.
2: Oh, yeah. Look how pretty. Oh, thank you for bringing that up. Listen to me. I've looked at it. You're looking at the back of it. That's about a block away. Now you look at seven. There's no damage. Hello. Look at it. Look at it right there in front of your uh, eyes.
1: There, there will be some damage after the.
2: Uh... Yeah, but not. Well, that it came down at 520 p.m. But anyway, let's go back to this, because if you look at that large piece right below it, you see a fireball right there. No, go down. Go down a little right there. That's a fireball. And if you look at the pictures I sent you and look at the picture, you'll see that's a fireball. And then there's other ones all throughout that plume. Yeah, right there. You're on it.
1: Oh, you're saying that's a falling piece of material that is trailing uh, fire. Yes. Is that what you're saying?
2: Yes. Yep. And you have them like in those puffs too. And of course, there's Bankers Trust. And I'm sure it was Bankers or Deutsche Bank by then. And I remember because they went to send them in there. There were actually bodies on the roof when they went up there. And then they tried to bring in the unions to gut that building. And they walked out of the job, the the workers, and shut it down and said, You are going to provide hazmat. We're not going in there. That building is filled with asbestos like the towers were. So they walked off. And let's not forget, Whitman of Jersey in the Bush administration, Christy Whitman, was telling us, insisting, telling us the air quality was normal around ground zero. We're not issuing masks. You don't need them. So there's a time where we're breathing in everything you could ever imagine from asbestos, mercury, concrete dust, explosive dust, whatever. And God knows what else, because the next morning, as you're going to see when I'm walking the streets, I was vomiting in the street from the smell of flesh and sewage and materials and everything all burning together in a disgusting potpourri. Okay. Uh, but I'm like, uh, here they're telling all those people on the pile uh, weeks and everything. Thank you, watch. Let me shut up. Look at this.
1: Yeah, this is the video <laughs> of what uh, the photo that you took, verifying Verify. that these um, uh, uh, waves of progress. That's
2: what I'm hearing. Boom! Uh, Boom! Boom!
1: Boom! Yeah. a progression of of destruction down each face of the building, um, symmetrically all the way down.
2: Uh, And you have no investigation? Okay, what's wrong with this? What's wrong with this picture? We deserve better.
1: Yeah. Now, Ricky, we got a ton of questions. uh, All right, wait, I
2: want to just continue on a little more.
1: Yep, you got about five minutes and then we got to go to the questions. So you all right. You right and then we ahead. got
2: the pictures of the next day and everything. Remember.
1: Yep. Let's let's do it real quick.
2: All right, let's get to the questions now. I'm not promising to answer everything. There are personal things. I'm not going there. I have nightmares. I didn't sleep. You can see my eyes. Plus, I'm recovering from this surgery, which is painful. So I'm going through a lot right now. But go ahead, shoot.
1: Okay, but I'm going to Ricky. I'm going to show these uh, photos you took because they're 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 quite incredible. Uh, please. So, uh, give me just. Oh, minute.
2: what about five and six? Show building five and six, please. Yep,
1: we're gonna we're gonna go there right now.
2: I'm hanging out another window that yep. opened <laughs> right there.
1: This is a different uh, location you were in, right?
2: Yeah, and we'll leave it at that.
1: Okay, and that's a hell of a picture.
2: Well, That's look a, at those perfect asymmetric here. holes. That's Five. six. That's that massive crater in the gr- – yeah, right there, massive. I don't know what blew up inside there, but that is massive.
1: And here's the remainder of which tower?
2: Um, wow. Two. Two, because one is – well, it could be one, two. It could be one. It's one. One is behind five and six. Now now you're over by the footprint of two because that's four. And five is behind four.
1: Here's five. Here's four. Yeah. four.
2: Right. And that's Trinity. And that's outside that shipping window. That's outside the shipping window. And that's the next few days. Look at it. Raining.
1: So you're back at the office now.
2: I was so, there the next morning at 7 30 in the morning. I wasn't leaving ground zero. Are you kidding me? No. I was there. I got into a uh I got into a little bit of a scuffle with FEMA and FBI. Well, I, I gotta shut up.
1: How did you they didn't want Manhattan? anybody
2: there? They didn't want anybody there, and they already had a fence up around the whole perimeter.
1: How did you get back into Manhattan? Manhattan?
2: Drove and walked my butt all the way down from Canal Street. Came across George Washington Bridge down the West Side Highway, came into Canal Street where Little Italy is. Um, that is is five, five, fours in front of it. Look at all the debris on top. That structure didn't come down, but look at the inside, look at that picture. Look inside those windows. Something very serious went, in, went on inside those buildings. Look inside those windows. Look over here. And, and, you know, they're not really able to see what I see with my pictures because it's up on here. It's small. But when you look at my picture, you can see – look in there. That's a footprint. I think that's the cross. Remember the steel cross that they put up? See it right there by the gold object?
1: Yeah, we see the gold – The the sculpture here. Yeah. Oh, there's the cross. Is that the actual one they erected? I'm pretty
2: sure it is. Now, if you go back, wait, go back to that. Look at the very bottom. You see like concrete corridors down on the bottom. You see them down there under four. Go behind the gold thing in the cross. Go back towards the building yeah right there do you see those spaces yeah and that's concrete i don't know what's down there i think that might have been the concourse there could have been the stores from the gallery mall and stuff down there
1: okay what building are you at now
2: oh god come on now that's six look at the massive hole oh, where, in the middle
1: where are you taking the picture
2: oh i'm in my shipping room okay Oh, I got a better camera, too, by the way. (laughs) I had a better camera. Okay. Oh. Mm.
1: Turned my volume down low. Uh, Thanks for the assistance out there. Um, And, Ricky, do you know which building this is? It's five?
2: I have to look. It looks like five, and you're in the footprint again of two, tower two. But here, I want to point something out. If you go back and look at all these pictures, right? We're going forward, not back. Whatever you want to do, I want you to notice one thing. These structures are still standing. They didn't give away. Now, this picture, they started hauling 400 dump trailers down West Street to barges in Battery Park. And we're like... You're supposed to be investigating that debris for the explosives from the bombs. And by the way, why were the dogs taken out in the beginning of August, when all you're telling us is about bombings and explosives and suicide bombers and subways and the the alert is red?
1: So you saw. Yeah, you're right. You saw the dogs. I lived in uh, those towers. Yeah, every day. How many?
2: Every day, they were sniffing you. They were everywhere. You get on an escalator, you're sniffing a dog. You're, you're getting off in at the top, you're getting sniffed by. See, I love dogs. I had that temptation to pet them and stuff, but you can't do that. Look at this picture, Richard. Now look to the right. That's building five. And please look at those pictures yourself because they're much bigger than what's on the screen for people to see. And you can see, look inside those windows of those buildings. Something went on inside those buildings. Okay, oh, man, next man. next morning. And you got military fences. That's a Central Hudson guy. That was Liberty Plaza. You got a massive crane, construction lights. Liberty Plaza, national fence you know you gotta understand 16 acres that's thousands and thousands oh this picture hold on please i'll move through quick you got liberty plaza keep in mind fencing national fence fencing up around the whole perimeter that's 16 acres that's thousands and thousands and thousands of feet being put up and it was raining and i remember and you'll see me picture me with the police anyway the point that, being, being, that, that point that, I'm sorry. The point being that
1: uh, these fences uh, had to be immediately available.
2: The next exactly. Day. Yeah, yeah, where'd they come from? Where'd they come from? And that massive crane, where'd that come? You know how hard it is to move a crane down into anywhere in New York City. Come on, especially Lower Manhattan. overnight. Look at fencing. That's the stores all around there. That's over by Fulton and Nassau the Streets. There you go. I'm with New York's finest. Look at them. They were good guys that day, boy. They helped me. Yeah, they they, they knew I was upset. Too, yeah. And just going back to that billboard sign, I want to point something out. We'll go here, stay there. That looks like what I saw. But getting back to that billboard sign. That billboard sign. Um,
1: well, let's let go of the billboard sign for now. because
2: uh, Okay. We'll, we'll save really that for another time. Now for, for All right. Your, let's go. Gosh. This we got here? this is what it looked like to me right there. That's what it looked like. You're looking at it. So, but it had a bigger bulge underneath.
1: You remember that?
2: Yeah, it was underneath it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: There's no windows in this plane. I mean.
2: Yeah. Like yeah. Right. No logos. It definitely wasn't commercial. It was gray. That's what it looked like. Now, I sent you some others, too, that did have windows. There you go. Okay? Now, if you want to look these up, they're KC-135. Now, that was very interesting right there. I want to let the audience know that I live in a pretty amazing place. It's the largest military base Possibly in the world. This place is where the baddest planes are run out of. From SR-71s, F-111s, okay. F-22s, okay. F-35s. Go back to that sign. The plat- See the platforms that were in front of that plane? That's at a museum. B-17 Flying Fortress. Operation Aphrodite. June 1944. Everything was taken out of the B 17 and they were loaded with explosives and they were flown remotely into Japanese Navy ships and blown up in impact to to sink the ships. So we were flying drones, we're flying UAVs, loading them with explosives all the way back in June. There it is. June.
1: 1944 and that's
2: a. you you can go to the next one
1: go to this one too right
2: this is the mqm 105 Aquila. you'll see a picture of this i got out there that was an army development acquisition for about 440 million dollars and they started flying that one uh for reconnaissance and things like that around 1979 okay and you have the picture of that one Bingo. It's a little dark one in the foreground here. Yes. Then go to Edna 3. Edna 3. There you go. July 1944. There they are loading a bomb on it. And they're going to fly it remote control into a Japanese ship. And you can read underneath. My point to you is, my fellow Americans, We've been flying drones for what, 70 years almost? Since 1944, okay? Not wearing a tinfoil hat, it's right there. And when I released these pictures that I got from those platforms at the place that I did, and I put them out, thank God I took pictures because a month later, all those platforms were removed. Let's go from there. Go ahead, Gail. Hi, I see you. We're yes.
1: Gail's here to uh, let us know that we have 10 minutes of questions because we went overboard. Um, Gail, um, what kind of questions do we have for our guest Ricky today?
0: All right, I'm gonna start at the top. And if, you know what, I hear an echo in my earbuds. I mean, I can hear Gail, my her. voice.
1: We were wondering who the problem was.
0: No way. You had me on mute in the back.
1: Yeah, I know. I'm just I'm just needing to blame somebody
2: besides Oh.
0: <laughs> May I say something? I'm glad you meant that? I thought you were serious. Yes, Vicky.
2: Okay, yes. I see one question, David, power shutdowns. Did you experience? I forgot to mention that when I was up there getting my employees out and took took the pictures before we left in shipping, Tower 2 came down. When Tower 2 came down, all power went out. I had to bring my employees down the stairwell. By the time we got to the 12th floor, all the plume was coming up. Mm. Couldn't breathe. Shirts over our heads. Everything to get them into the lobby and then try to take them out the front on Broadway. So, yeah, the power, boom, gone.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, there, that ans- that question got answered. I still hear my voice echoing somewhere. What's the first
1: question, Gail?
0: Um, do you? Does anybody else hear it? Or is it just nope. me? Okay, I'll ignore it. Um, okay, so the first question is from Ray. He says, point of view in photography refers to the angle or place from which you shoot. What was your point of view? Where were you when you took these photographs? Where was your it, point of view? Yeah.
2: It depends. And that's kind of a weird question. I think we said where I was for each picture when I took them. I mentioned it in the shipping room, high up in the penthouse with the window wide open, hanging out when tower two started to experience all those explosions, as you see in the picture.
0: That's then right, there was, a, right? he, does, he does have a second part to the question and it, it Ray does. And it says, well, why does-
1: the, the, this is a point of location for uh, one set of pictures. One of the pictures looking up at the build, building too was right here, right, Ricky?
2: Washington
0: Street, yep. Yep.
1: Yeah. And then he took some others from some other buildings in the aftermath. Go ahead, Gail.
0: Well, I think he the part of his question we're missing is, why does it appear you were standing high while taking the pictures?
2: Those are the pictures when I was up in the penthouse. 33 stories
1: tall, uh, this building right here.
2: And I was above all the other buildings, so I had a perfect view. Straight across. You got it. Oh, yeah. Do that again, Richard. That is perfect. Both one and two. Yes.
0: Gail? Okay. I want to acknowledge Steve's question, but it did get answered. He asks... He says, ask your guests what the planes look like to him. Ask him if they look like passenger planes or if they appeared more like military, military ac- aircraft. So there we go. He got his answer. By Definitely
2: military.
0: Yep. Uh, Gene wants to know if you're any relation to Ron DeSantis.
2: Can't go there. Next question. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> um, let's see.
2: <laughs> but um, let me say this. Yeah. He's got guts. Oh. And it's been a long time and he says something and then he does do it which is rare and you know I hope he continues I hope he continues because I will be right there on his tail because I don't care America first America first
1: and and you live where
2: I don't know if we should get that out right now. Perhaps the next interview. Let's just okay.
1: suggest that he's uh, very familiar with Ron DeSantis.
2: Anyway, <laughs> let, okay. let's go. He's, he's awesome. He's awesome. I don't want to curse, but you ever hear the term kick ass? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> I wish we had that after 9-11. And I'll leave it at that. Okay. And I meant regarding an investi- a proper investigation. Yeah. Because the whole place should have had yellow tape around it. Giuliani was a DA. Okay. Please.
1: Gail.
0: Yes. What? Question. Another question. <laughs> I was waiting for him to stop talking. This no, is I don't from... wait
1: for him to stop talking anymore. <laughs> We're okay.
0: Out. Okay. Fine. This is the next question is from Gene. He <sighs> asked, can he verify whether there were, whether there was or was not smoke or steam coming from underground before any plane struck the towers? And in parentheses, he says Lawrence Fine said something about steam from under WTC four. So, did you see steam coming from underground?
2: Well, anywhere? When he's referring to WTC four and he's talking about the ground. Is he talking about down inside the building? Because you have to understand, and, and matter of fact, that picture I was saying, look at those spaces down there where the concrete was. I mean, you have to understand how deep down those buildings went and how many floors. And I think, Richard, you had mentioned how that there were like seven floors below the lobbies. And as a matter of fact, the year before, I had the corporate Christmas party the uh, pardon me, Tower One in the lobby. And the lobbies were magnificent ballrooms I mean believe me rich and famous that's where you have your Christmas parties it was so um getting back to your question is it in the streets you're speaking to coming out of the manholes or are you talking about inside the building
0: um I'm I'm thinking that it's probably outside in the the, the streets yeah
1: Well, there are lots of reports of smoke coming up here and there, but if you don't get, if you if you don't have specifics, let's go on to the next question so we can get as many as possible.
2: I do want to I say can- one thing quick to that. The woman that I carried out came from the explosions that were happening over in WTC, one that I carried out. She collapsed trying to get mm-hmm. out, and that's where I found her.
0: Okay. There was a question about that lady. Um, Anthony asks, "What was the woman's premonition brought on by?" Again, he he's asking to clarify. I think
2: her, her. premonition. Which woman? What, she what,
1: told you that we got to get out of here.
2: Yeah, I don't even know who the woman was. I'm telling you just what she said to me the day before. Okay, uh, so you yeah, least,
1: yeah. She she. Repeated. I'm
2: carrying her in my arms. I have a woman have, that faded. Repeat what she said. We have to get out of here. We're all going to die. They're going to blow up these buildings.
0: Wow. Okay. That's
2: 9 10 10 in the morning. She passed out. No, she already fainted, fell back on me. When I got to the top with her in my arms, she opened up those beautiful brown eyes and looked at me and said that. And then I'm like, I turned back to Z and I said, Did you hear that? Because he's got my briefcase and his butt's going where I'm going, okay? Because he's got my briefcase. And uh, then she closes her eyes again. And I'm like, okay, I got to get her help. I got to find out what's going on here. And they threw me out. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Go. Okay. So this next question. We're right is... up
1: against it here. Keep, keep going. Pardon? We're right up against it. Uh, keep going. Sorry for okay. the interruption.
0: My earbuds are actually malfunctioning, I think, is part of my problem. Okay, so did, did he miss, did he ask, Nobody has seen these before. this new stuff, so he's asking if this is all new material that. Has
2: okay, real this. quick, I'll move quick. I didn't develop or release the pictures, many of them, and Richard knows this because I released them with them in New York about a decade later. So they freaked out then and there's more to come. So yes, yes. But a lot of this stuff was released a decade later because I was so traumatized. And I'll let you keep going,
0: Gail. Okay. And then Gene, regarding the photos, Gene says, where can we see all these photos online in HD? If not anywhere, please get them up. So Gene would like to have access to them.
2: Please be patient. Richard and I will be conferring on these because we understand that there are those that don't want this. There are those that are going to be very angry about this and we want to do it right. We don't want to rush it. You got to do it right. Richard is meticulous and I'll leave it at that. Next.
0: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Let's see. Um, John asks, Since you are an eyewitness on the ground, were there other eyewitnesses all saying bombs went off too? Was this the general impression from the public before the official narrative took over?
2: Actually, I think Richard can answer to that. We have hundreds, if not thousands, that said exactly about the explosives and the bombs and all these things going on. And they've been saying it for 20 years. True.
0: Okay. And RM asks, any belongings like suitcases, et cetera, found on the street that you saw personally?
2: No, I saw the handle from what I thought was the emergency door to Tower 1 somehow got all the way over a block down and a street over on Washington from the plane that hit North Tower on the north side. I wonder how that happened, to be honest with you. And I mentioned it to Richard. How did a plane go into the front on the north side and the door handle from inside the plane end up south, a block down a street over in the street? Okay. All
0: right. Um, This is, let's see. Um. Oh, well, Ray is asking a question that you did answer, I think, pretty much about the camera. He says, did you use a different camera the following days? Did you use a zoom lens when you made pictures of the cleanup?
2: And I think I had mentioned like when I was in the um, shipping room days after, I said I had a different camera now.
0: Yeah, you did say that. Okay, let's see here. Um Well, Ray is asking, when the second plane crashed, you experienced an explosion. What was the sound of that explosion? Would you describe that explosion as a detonation?
2: Hmm. You know, when I hear that, I'm wondering, like, do people have their own idea of it? A detonation to me is... An explosion and an explosion is the compressing of materials that just explode out whether it's an m80 well you can't get m80s anymore (laughs) m90s darn it anyway or even a firecracker that's actually a detonation um and you just make it bigger uh bombs whatever it is but yeah definitely detonations detonations, explode. Oh, I understand. Well, yeah, it wasn't stuff blowing up like fuel tanks or anything, no. If that's what you're trying to say, it was definitely explosives.
1: Re- in my mind,
2: in my mind.
1: Redescribe the experience of being in that window and, and feeling what you were feeling and hearing what you were hearing. Just re- re- redescribe that.
2: You have to understand I had the window open. And I had a clear view, as you can see in the picture. And there was nothing in between me and that tower. And you saw in the picture, and it was wrapped all the way around the base where it gave away. And it was just like, but not as bad, because inside the tower, when it did it, it was contained. And believe me, that went right through my bones. But outside, it was like percussions. You know, you could feel it like with the wind, and you could hear it like. And then when it was pancaking, that was the term that was used back then as it's going down. Like you could hear it here, and you're hearing it Um, like really loud M80s, you know. Um, So if that explains it, I hope it helps. Okay. Yeah, thanks, Ricky.
0: There are several questions that were asked during your presentation that did get answered by the rest of your presentation, so I won't repeat those questions. So I'm just sorting through to see if there's any that I might have missed or that were were not repetitive. In you know, other words, somebody else else asked the same question. Um, not boy, I'm not seeing any, but I hope I'm not just missing them. Um, People were asking what the plane looked like, but then you answered that question. And where you were when you took the photographs and I, you answered that question.
1: Gail, do you? by the way, do you hear any echo uh, at this point? I just stopped the screen share. Oh, Are
0: no. Are you still hearing an echo? Well, I hear, I do hear noise, and I'm wondering if it's my earbuds. so I'm going to take them off and just use my laptop speakers for just a minute, okay?
1: Yeah, try that. Okay, that's all the time we have for questions, uh, uh, Ricky, and thank you so much, Gail. Ricky, I'm just so grateful to you for bringing, reliving this horror uh, that can't be comfortable. It's got to be... uh, um, an incredibly difficult experience for you personally. And I know our viewers are are so grateful to you, as are Gail and I, for for being on the show. Do you have any uh, final
2: thoughts uh, that you'd like to share? Thank you, Richard. Uh, Yes, as I mentioned before, I wanna thank everybody, everybody Mm -hmm. that has been involved. And that goes right on down to the four people that had the courage to demand that I worked with for four years and demanding the 28 pages the famous 28 pages be released they released only redacted 28 but go read the 28 redacted pages 9 11 pages you still can figure a lot of it out reading the redacted ones please know that your u.s senators you have two per state and your congressman in your district can go down in the vault there are, Monitored with two Marines on both sides, they can't bring their phone. They can't bring a pad or a writing utensil or their camera or anything like that. But they can read the unredacted ones. They represent us. They have an obligation to go down there and read the unredacted pages and report back to their constituents. So contact your U.S. senators of your state and your congressman and demand and tell them you're not getting my vote. I don't care. And on spread the word. Get everybody calling them. Make them go read that. Number two. There's 68 cancers that they are certifying. There's probably many more, but 68 cancers related, 9-11 cancers. They waited 10 years to even do the Zadroga Act. Thousands had died. It wasn't recorded, related. So the 68 cancers, someone very dear to me, colleague, went through stage 3 cancer Four. no stage four cancer three times she's a trooper she survived it i had another two employees one died of stomach cancer the other of pancreatic cancer Had another close close friend that got pancreatic cancer went from 230 pounds down to 90 pounds in no time at all but he survived it god bless him the suffering is beyond anything you can imagine if i were to say anything Call your senators, U.S. senators and your congressmen, demand they go down and read those things. They've had 20 years to do it. If they haven't done it, shame on them and tell them straight up. If I don't get a report back on that you read it, you're not getting my vote. And the other thing is we want our legal standing back. Bush took our legal standing, the right to sue away from us the very next day after 9-11. So there's many issues. Hopefully, I'll have another opportunity with Richard. Your work is fabulous. I've known you for many years. While I was having surgeries, you were out there kicking ass. Thank you. Keep it up.
1: <laughs> thank you, Ricky. Appreciate that so much. And uh, we will follow up with you and find out how you're doing. And uh, I want to see the rest of those pictures, as one of our question questioners asks. Uh, thank you, everybody, uh, so much uh, for being Ah, uh, such an important part of our our work here at Richard Gage nine eleven. Uh, with that. Uh, I have uh, this for you. Oops, what happened? Oh, here we go. Well,
0: Thank you for joining us on yet another informative and soul-stirring episode of Richard Gage 9-11 Unleashed. We'll be on the air again next week with another very special guest in the 9-11 Truth Movement and beyond. Visit us at richardgage 911org where you can find our schedule, learn about the WTC evidence, and of course, sign up for our emails and support us. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe.